Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode 103. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you very much for tuning in today. To my fellow Canadians, hoping you had a nice Thanksgiving long weekend, just like everything else in 2020. I know this one is uh, a little bit different, a little bit strange, especially with restrictions uh, ramping up again. But nevertheless, I hope you were able to enjoy some turkey and stuffing and a little bit of family time. And now back to work we go. And today we've got a great episode for you to listen to. We've got an awesome rising Toronto band on the podcast. Of course, it's Ferraro. I like to call them the Brothers Ferraro. And that's Tally, Cosmo, and Gianni. So thank you, boys, for taking some time to do the podcast. If you didn't hear You Look Good Like That on a playlist over the summer, well, for one, you're listening to the wrong playlists. But uh, no, it's not too late. Hop on YouTube or Apple Music or Spotify. Give that song a listen. It's an awesome rock and roll tune. And now Ferraro have just released their latest single. It's called Sugar Rush. It came out on Friday, and they have a new EP coming in January. So lots to look forward to from Ferraro. And we had another unique experience for the uh, the podcast. Uh, we didn't quite we didn't do a podcast picnic this time, but this time we had the first ever porch podcast. We met. I think it was at Cosmo's house and did the podcast on his front porch where we could distance safely. And lucky for us, the the rain stayed off for us. And uh, yeah, we had a good time. It was fun. And of course, one very important aspect to the Ferraro Brothers' lives is they run a venue, a club venue here in uh, Toronto called the Cameron House. I wanted to give a little background because we do talk about it in the interview. So for those people outside of Toronto or Canada, the Cameron House is a music venue it was started by a couple of family members and was passed on to them. So now you could always pop in and say hello to the Ferraro brothers when you're down on Queen Street West. And hopefully in the knock on wood, not so distant future, we'll be able to hear some live music there again. And actually, if you were lucky enough to be at the City View drive-in here in Toronto on Friday night, you would have seen Ferraro as part of 102.1 The Edge's concert that they put on there. So Ferraro was one of the bands they featured, along with the Blue Stones and J.J. Wilde, who is also super rad, by the way. She seems like a super cool chick, and she's got a couple songs on the playlists and, and radio right now that are just awesome. Hopefully, uh, we'll get her here on the Adamantium podcast one day. But before we get too ahead of ourselves... Let's do today's episode. And before we do that, let's do the Adamantium Recommend segment, which is a little something I do for if you're new to, say, the band Ferraro. It's five songs recommended by myself that you could check out before or after the podcast. So first of all, you got to check out the song I mentioned earlier, You Look Good Like That. That's number one. Number two, you got to check out the new single, Sugar Rush. Then number three, I'm going to recommend the song Fool's Paradise. Number four, I'm going to recommend a song called Can You Feel It? And lastly, I'm going to recommend uh, a cover song that uh, Ferraro recorded, and because I dig it, and I think it was uh, a very unique choice, and that is a cover of Billie Eilish's Wish You Were Gay. So, moving on, uh, maybe you're listening to the Adamantium Podcast for the first time today. If you are, thank you so, so much for joining us. We would love to have you back, and the easiest way to do that is by hitting that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you choose to listen to. You can also follow the Adamantium Podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. 
And that's all I got for now. So let's get into today's episode with the Brothers Ferraro right here on episode 103 of the Adamantium podcast. And collectively, we'd like to apologize in advance to Jack White, Charlie Watt of the Rolling Stones, and Bob Dylan for the following interview. We're harsh because we love you so much. All right. Enjoy, everyone. Ferraro, the brothers Ferraro. Nice to meet you guys. Thank you for having me over. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, you got lots of exciting things right now. New EP, new singles. Um, kind of a breakthrough year too, with uh, a couple hits. You know, so it's kind of an interesting year, 2020, to, <laughs> to be sure. a breakthrough year. Yeah. Uh, tell me what that's kind of been like this year. Just pretty much trying to keep as busy as possible without playing mm-hmm. shows. We, uh, we started off the year with our first single with Foreigner Music. Uh, we released that in February and kind of followed it up with a, our first Western Canada tour. So we were riding high off that kind yeah. of right when things shut down. Um, so that kind of stopped all of our momentum that we had gained from mm-hmm. this tour. And uh, we just have kind of took this time to focus on the songs, like we, we were in the studio a few times, um, made a couple videos and, you know, just things to stay yeah. busy. Well, I read in that, so the, I'm, I'm guessing this, the single you're talking about is You Look Good Like That. Right, yeah. yeah. Which I, I mean, I heard on a Spotify playlist back then. Sweet. And it's been on, it's been on my playlist ever since. Um, yeah, I read in actually the press release that you guys had been focusing a lot on live performance and stuff like that. So now being in a year where there are no shows, what what have you guys kind of used to refocus your attention? Uh, it's it's been tough because that's always uh, been the part we enjoy the most and and we like doing the most, mm-hmm. um, and probably we're the best at. Um, but in a strange way, taking that away, it's like okay, now you actually have to get better and work on all the things. That maybe you know you weren't good at, mm-hmm. so so we're sort of getting better at the skills um, that were always maybe pushed to the back burner a little bit more, and, and maybe rounding ourselves out um, for for a better career in the long run. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I guess like it, it kind of creates a little bit more time for one for things maybe just didn't have time, you know, yeah. for prepping for shows, and right. that obviously does take a lot of time, especially if you're touring. Yeah. Um, and you hear from a lot of artists, they, like for one, they don't have time to write material when they're on the road, you know, and when the time that they're not performing, they're so exhausted. So, yeah. So I guess it gives you a little bit more opportunity to do, to, to work on your material. Yeah. It was a full break. Like everyone mm-hmm. had this time. It's pretty unique where like, you know, yeah, there were no shows happening for anyone. It wasn't yeah. just us. So taking that step back and just kind of being able to to refocus a little bit was yeah. What different. were your what were your thoughts say like in March compared to now? I mean, I don't think we realized it was going to be this permanent of right. a break, or how much it was really going to change things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like truly not just us going through it. Nobody has mm-hmm. ever done this. Nobody has any answers. Um, it, it levels the playing field a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, it, everybody has the same opportunities to the same kind of things. Mm-hmm. And um, in March, I think we were just thinking like, all right, let's like, you know, it'll be a few weeks and we'll, we'll figure this out and more information yeah. will come out. And now it's like, all right, 
six, seven months into it, and we're probably like, you know, maybe in the middle of it if we're yeah. lucky. So um, it was sort of switched from like, all right, let's let's kill a couple weeks to yeah. what can we do in this new situation? Like, how do we use this mm -hmm. uh, in a way um, that's unique and interesting and yeah. creative and we'll, and we'll cut through a little bit? It's true. I didn't feel like there was any time off, really. There might have been two weeks there <clears throat> when the tour was canceled and we came back and it was sort of just, you know, the start of the whole quarantine. Everyone's just sort of killing time and waiting it out. But then, like, in the last, like, few months looking back, we've been as busy as ever, just doing different things, yeah. obviously. The recording right. studios were open, so we went back in, did another... The songs had basically been demoed already, so we just had... Right. Once the studio's opened, we went in and recorded uh, a few more songs, one of which is actually going to be the next one that we release. Mm -hmm. So even though we had these recordings that we were sort of banking on releasing when we come back from tour, the extra time sort of allowed us to go into the studio and make more and right. sort of the... Refine it even. Yeah, the, the next one that's coming out is going to be the newest one. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, and then and there's that's, also that's sugar rush. Yeah, that's that, sugar rush. Yeah, we can. Yeah. We, this is gonna come out afterwards. So. Yeah, okay. So we can talk. Yeah, I got. So it. it's out there. War yeah, <laughs> Warner sent me a, an early copy of it. So it's uh, yeah, it's great. It's right along the lines of, of what I've been hearing. And <clears throat> um, but actually, one actually that was kind of going into my next question, anyways, um, was uh, with songs like "You Look Good Like That" and even "Fool's Paradise." Uh, I got a little bit more of like a indie kind of alternative vibe. Whereas I got kind of more pop kind of elements from Sugar Rush. Was that kind of the direction you guys were going with that song, or? I think um, that's kind of the way it turned out. Okay. I don't think it was a conscious effort to to mm -hmm. go in that direction. We started uh, this song with Tog Salter. Mm -hmm. We were co-writing it with him, and he does a lot of. He's in that pop world a lot. With yeah. uh, he's worked with like Scott Hellman and Walk Off the Earth, and mm -hmm. so he kind of, I mean, he's more familiar with that world than we are, mm -hmm. and kind of expanded our horizons a little bit. So I think that just kind of happened naturally with the people we were working with, and then uh, also the Darcys got involved, mm -hmm. and we were working with them on it. So it just kind of evolved. It wasn't really like you know we want to write this is how this, this type be. of song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you you mentioned working with these these people. And this is I read that this is kind of the first time that you guys have kind of done kind of collaboration with yeah. other artists um, on a record. What was that kind of experience like? I mean, obviously the three of you being brothers, mm -hmm. you're used to each other. But what was it like kind of bringing someone else into the process? Yeah, for that song in particular, it was interesting because take all like their influences away and it's sort of just like a, a rock song mm -hmm. which is what we've been releasing up until right. now but now add these different influences and it sort of has this like dancier element which is sort of more like the togs darcy vibe yeah but it's like a uh, so it is like a true collaboration between our sound and their sound it's right. sort of like it turns into something that's like inherently new yeah so you guys kind of had brought the rock and roll elements and they said, oh, kind of yeah. try something like this. And I think this. that's, I mean, kind of back to your question, that's, I guess, the point of collaboration, right? right it kind of learning something expands new. Some, yeah. some horizons. And, like, we, before this, we, you know, if we write a song, it's one of us on our own, just, you know, on an acoustic guitar right. or something, and bring it to them, like, okay, and we just play it as a live band. Yeah. We never really go past that. So, like, having to work with other people 
you show them that part, and then it, you know, it takes well, a whole other step. Come from somewhere, right? Because yeah. even even the Darcys, like if you listen to their music from five, six years ago, it's completely different to their music now. Right. So yeah, I wonder if they collaborate. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's cool. So what? Um, the EP comes out next week. Uh, the full is EP is not till January. Oh, so okay. the single okay. the single is this week. The uh, Sugar this Rush, week. Yeah, the, the EP is going to be January. Okay, for some reason I thought for. it was sooner because Warner had said, "Can you release this around the release of anyways?" Right. Although we do uh, got a special uh, Christmas song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christmas so we're going to pop that in there around the holiday time. Or, uh, a cover. No, it's a cover. A classic, classic cover. Can we can we talk about it or not? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Which, I don't see why not. It's Christmas Baby Please Come Home by it's Darling Love. Darlene Love. Yeah. Wrote it. It was she did it with. Phil Spector. Yeah. It was That's the classic recording yeah. of it. Well, so there's I mean plenty of versions. Say that because the U two version is my favorite Christmas oh, yeah. song of all time. So yeah, we good. definitely listened to like a, a bunch of different covers, including yeah. that one. Um, yeah, I think we do yeah, I don't know if it's we took a little bit from that maybe. I think we kind of went a bit more of a retro feel with it. We okay. kinda like we got a horn section. Uh, I'm glad you don't find U2 too retro, though. <laughs> <laughs> you speak to, to some young kids. Old, yeah, yeah. Older. Yeah. The but Boobs has a good version. <laughs> Michael Bublé. <laughs> Michael Bublé, or oh, as Boobs. Johnny yeah, and, and uh, him are on it's first name. It's hard to get any yeah. Christmas songs now, because the Boobs is just... Uh, like he's, he's, got, yeah, yeah. he's got them all. He's already nailed that yeah. one. Yeah, he's really uh, knocked them all out of the park. Yeah, but that was like... Who did he do it with? Or was it just him? It was just his Christmas okay. album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he, he goes on his record, right? My yeah. dad loves it. Yeah. yeah. Well, whose dad? <laughs> whose dad doesn't? Love it? <laughs> Who doesn't love that? Yeah. yeah. My dad had all of them on, like, on CD. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, one all, of our... all of those classic Christmas songs have been done so many times that it's hard to like really like put a brand new twist yeah. on it. So we felt like let's just take it old school. We got a horn section. We got some backup singers yeah, on yeah. it. So like. We just kept it classic. What what made you choose that song in in specific? Well, it was a lot of listening to Christmas music in July. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to just prepare. What that's when you start. Oh, like yeah. what what would be good? We thought about writing an original, but just like let's just let's just do a good version of an old classic. Yeah, I always find that so funny when you're putting out a Christmas album. You're like working on it. Oh yeah, we had to record it in yeah. August. It was like <laughs> 35 <laughs> degrees outside. When we were demoing, yeah. we had like the Christmas lights up and tried to... I was going to say, do you do yeah. that too? Because I, I same with actually last year I did an interview with Chantal Carbiasic and she oh, yeah. had just put out one too. And I'm like, that's, yeah, yeah, I mean, prep for that? as we were kind of telling people, everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, that's like, that's how you do Christmas songs. Like yeah. they have to be done in July and August. And it was kind of new for us, and it was well, so bizarre. Yeah, when we were in the studio, the the studio we went to, I was like, I bet you haven't heard a lot of Christmas music yet. He's like, actually, this is pretty late. I've had a lot of sessions. Yeah. He's like, this is the third time I've recorded this song. Yeah, we're all, we hate hearing it, because I used to, like, my job while I was in school was I worked at Future Shop, which had nice. the Christmas, like, that repeat. one playlist like, on repeat. One playlist on repeat, and it, the worst was it had that Alvin and the Chipmunks one. <laughs> And literally once an hour it came uh, on, and like your work those days you're working long hours. They so. got to give you danger pay for so that. I guess people in the music <laughs> industry hated in July, whereas yeah. we hated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. The mixes for that song came in, and I was like driving around in my car listening to the mix. At one point, with the windows down, like like kind of loud to hear it, and like I remember looking over at the park car next to me, yeah. <laughs> giving me a real funny look. Do like, up the windows, yeah. turn it yeah. down a little. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. Yeah, that's interesting. Why? Well, 
same thing too. Uh, what I found was an interesting choice was uh, you guys actually just released a cover of Billie Eilish's yeah. uh, "Wish You Were Gay." Right. And uh, is that going to be on the EP, or was that just kind of a separate single? Uh, we're still debating that. Okay. We're not quite sure. We haven't finalized the track listing for the EP yet. We kind of have we have more to choose from than we got to narrow mm-hmm. it down. So that is definitely being considered. Okay. For it, but uh, yeah. And again, what was the uh, the same with the you and the Darcys both did a Eilish mm-hmm. cover recently. So right. what was uh, what was the, the the choice decision there? I I think she's like a pretty cool artist mm-hmm. in that she managed to crack like the most mainstream of pop in a unique way. Yeah, which I is see. like pretty impressive and tough. Most top of the pop is is quite um, I think maybe formulaic and mm-hmm. and like planned and. Yeah. And that seemed to be different, a little more classic, a little more something that like we could identify with, like really cool artist. Um, and and we had, you know, we liked her songs and we were listening to them and, and we kind of had this, um, our own spin on this song that we thought was different enough that it might be worth recording. Um, and, and was that during quarantine or no, like we were, close to it or was it before We that? released it in yeah. quarantine, I think. I'm but I sure. but we recorded it before. Yeah, it's like we've, I mean, we've played a lot of covers in our history uh, through the years. Mm-hmm. But pretty much, you know, everything in our genre, like things that you'd expect, you yeah. know, Strokes and stuff like that, right. Kings of Leon, like bands that kind of are similar to us. So we were kind of, you know, wanted a bit of a challenge Set and do outside, something a yeah. little bit different, and but still like, what can we adapt into our style? And right. that one just it yeah. worked. Maybe we recorded it because it was like, it was different enough, and we put our own spin on it enough that it felt like yeah, not like we're not just recording I the same too, version of it. It's uh, because like you said, because she has that such a unique, different style. It's a way she does make it possible to change it up mm-hmm. in your own way. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Same, even that Bond song she did. Yeah, I feel like could be like, the way she did it is so eerie and and kind of chill where it could have been so much like it could have been loud and whatever but yeah. she went this way with it and it really kind of yeah. oh yeah I love yeah. that song but I just feel drums coming in halfway the whole through time the- you're like yeah. oh, when is it coming when is it coming I, I literally have downloaded an mp3 of a guy doing a drum cover off YouTube oh really so I just listened to the song but it has drums in it now yeah. I'm like alright oh, this is what I need you know what it took me I have to say it took me a few times the first like two times I heard it I was like I'm not into this I'm yeah. not into this you know especially because like I think my favorite Bond song it was that Cornell one from oh, yeah. from Casino Royale right and so that was like it's, yeah so it took me a few times but then once I had, literally it was on my playlist for maybe like two months and after like a month I was like no I like really dig yeah. this now <laughs> yeah the Bond yeah. themes are always cool to see what people come up with yeah yeah it's interesting too because sometimes I know like there's a song I can't remember which and it might have been Skyfall which was also a killer one that Adele yeah. track but I think that same year, Muse put out an album, and I think they were shopped for the Bond song. Oh, really? So there's one, I think it's the opening song on that, what, I can't remember which album it was. The opening song on it was one that they were considering using <laughs> for Bond, and you can tell, like, right. from the like the guitar riff, you're like, oh yeah, this yeah. sounds Bond. Has that feel, yeah. <laughs> can't unhear the Bond theme now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what Jack White said originally about the Seven Nation Army riff. Like, oh, he's yeah. like, yeah, I'll put this on the back catalog just in case they ever ask me to do like a Bond theme. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ended up 
not using as a Bond yeah, theme, obviously. But he did want to. Yeah, it yeah, became his hugest hit, and then he got asked to do a Bond theme. And then kind of, I think he kind of pooped the bed on it. With <laughs> Alicia Keys. <laughs> yeah, it's with Alicia Keys. Well, right? Yeah, it's too, like, I thought you, when you when they announced those two were going to do it, I was yeah. like, this is going to be, like, gold. And then it was, like, very underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry to Jack White if I didn't <laughs> Can't win them all. Yeah, no. I think he'll be um, all right. Yeah. yeah. He'll get over it. Yeah. And he's put out a lot of good stuff, so. <laughs> uh, going back to even, say, your first album, Losing Sleep, in 2016, how do you think you guys, how far do you guys think you've come till now? How much have you learned about performing music and recording music between that time? Like, a lot. We have learned a, a lot of things. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Um, truly, like, um sort of the next level of a career and when you start um, you know looking at the bigger acts as like maybe sort of your peers or people that mm. like you want to be on equal ground with instead of looking up to as heroes um, like there's a lot that goes into a great show or a great recording um, sometimes you can like romanticize some of those old like classic rock biographies and stuff where they like drink a bottle of Jack Daniels right, and get right. drunk and like play like you know some rock and roll three chords and it's like works there's a lot of intricate details mm. um, that need to be done sort of properly um, to make them not seem like they're being thought about Yeah, <laughs> if that makes any sense yeah I think there's a lot of elements to songs in general that most people don't realize take the amount of time they take yeah yeah we have uh, I had an artist called Barnes Courtney yep. on the on the show, and he has that song. I don't know if you hear that song '99. It's a for hit. sure. Yep. He told me he sat on that song for years or a long maybe not yeah. but a long time. And it took him. There's that like synth riff through the chorus that he said I sat in my room, locked myself in my room for like six months just trying to think what that riff was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know. It's, it's easy enough to hear a song on the radio and dismiss it or whatever, but yeah, it's... You yeah, don't just that extra enough. step of putting... Well, I guess, same thing with us, like, you know, doing these co-writing sessions, we focus so much more on details that I, I think previously we had just overlooked. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe lyrics or whatever it is, like, you know, something that just... If it doesn't quite feel right, we would just move on and, and go with it. you guys all write together? Um, or do you kind of each bring your own? We would usually like write separately and then bring it, and then everyone yes. kind of adds their things yeah, to yeah. it. But it was just kind of like you know, bring the song, add a few things, and that's that, mm-hmm. and that you know, go with it. Now, like you know, songs, a few of these new songs, we've got ten versions, and they've taken two years to finish. Right. Like, so, just a lot more details go into it. Yeah. What about from a live performance standpoint? Yeah, that's that's when you got to drink the bottle of whiskey and right, right, listen <laughs> up and <laughs> that's. I mean, that's changed a lot as well. We have, we used to be four people and now we're three. Right, okay. We used to have an extra guitar on stage and we don't anymore. Is that a fourth uh, brother or? <laughs> <laughs> Called him a cousin. He looked cousin, apart. Okay, he looked okay. apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I think we've played a lot of live performances and that's kind of where we got our start playing three set nights with covers and. So we kind of feel most comfortable performing, but again, doing these newer songs, there's a lot of things that go into them that are different, a lot of new sounds and stuff, so we have had to kind of relearn some aspects mm-hmm. of it and do do things differently from how we're used to. 
Yeah, yeah we got an electric electronic drum pad now which is like yeah. heavily featured as replacing the fourth member okay so it's a lot more like uh, keyboard and percussion sounds coming out of it yeah. rather than you know a guitar yeah yeah just a lot a lot more sounds a lot of different things that we weren't uh, again like we you know plug in and play type vibe yeah. was uh, was how we used to do it and yeah there's just more things go into it now which is also sometimes the best way for you know um, again, I'm getting backwards, not into live, but into the recording again. But yeah, yeah. like, uh, sometimes it's best when to like ca- capture that live, quick, you know, rock and roll at the start, and that's you know your spark creativity. And then you take that and you work on that over and over, yeah. and it sort of turns into something different. So that spark is still sort of like the same energy as we've always had since the start. It's just the way we've worked on it after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when when did you guys? Because I, I know you guys you have the you guys have been playing live shows since years and years. So when did you make that transition from being a cover band to saying okay we want to make original material now? Uh, it was it was slowly. Um, I mean I think most people start by playing covers because right, that's right, how you learn an instrument. Yeah. Um, and we sort of learned our instrument together because we were in the basement and hanging out and mm-hmm. liked similar music. Um, I, I, I don't know. Johnny was the first one to write a song, and he brought it to the to the band, um, and we slowly just sort of started doing them. They seemed to come easy. We didn't give them much thought, and they were mostly formed. Um, and it just slowly became more of our focus um, to do to do original music. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a, a plateau on covers okay it's it's right. it's a lot of fun and you get to like a, a pretty high level pretty quickly because yeah. everybody loves covers and right. you can play yeah, super fun time. parties yeah. and bars and you get there quickly um and then it's hard to go any higher right whereas uh, original music is quite the opposite you start yeah. very low and nobody wants to hear this and nobody yeah. wants to do it um but you can build so much further into a, a career yeah, until that, people yeah, are that's uh, that's class, the exciting so. part of of doing your own music is like having to win the crowd over instead right. of you know playing play wonderwall yeah exactly <laughs> playing a song along. that everyone knows yeah, every lyric yeah. to automatically yeah yeah trying to to win over a room of your own songs is kind yeah. of the challenge and that's for sure yeah for sure absolutely i mean you guys and one amazing connection with you guys too obviously is the connection to the camera house for sure. So that is family run. That's yeah. our place. Yeah, our okay. uncle and our mom uh, were the original owners back in the early '80s, and yeah. and it's we run it now. We've run it ourselves for uh, ten years, the last ten years or so. And you guys run it now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And uh, I used to live upstairs. Tal took my room. He lives upstairs now. Okay. And yeah. uh, so like, our our side job to music is being in a music venue. So yeah, all yeah. day, yeah. every day, it's live music. It's musicians. It's that's like our whole world. It's been your life, I'm sure. So that's obviously that that live show thing and, and playing live and playing on the fly. Um, we have more exposure to that than most people. Right. Um, I've, I've probably seen more live music than I've listened to recorded music right. almost, which is a pretty unique position to be in. Um, so we were so comfortable with like that club scene and club setting. Um, one of your questions is how how have we grown since that original album all those yeah. years ago and it's it's now trying to cater a show to to beyond a, a small intimate club setting which brings its own unique 
challenges because mm -hmm. it's not quite as intimate. You don't get that such an immediate feedback from from people, um, especially now as people are switching maybe to in-ear monitors and yeah, stuff, yeah. and it's a little more separated. And also now they're in cars. <laughs> <laughs> Behind screens yeah. and windshields and in all the, sorts of barriers. Massive parking lots. Yeah, live, live streams are a whole different ballgame. Playing, yeah. <laughs> playing to your computer and you finish a song and yeah, you say thank you. That. There's no there's no reception. There's you can no reception see, see some applause, you know, <laughs> comments coming in, but... yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's got to be odd too. Yeah, that's a surprising part of the industry that just popped up out of nowhere in this yeah. quarantine. As soon as it hits, like you have to do the all the musicians are doing live streams, yeah. and you can't really get like a a film crew together because everyone's right. in quarantine. Yeah. So we did a few of those where it was like, you know, someone asked us. It wasn't just like us popping up our Instagram. It was through some type of show book somewhere. Yeah. So. You don't really know what it sounds like until you're on air, yeah. and then you're on, and you're sort of doing it through whatever technology you have set up, and it's sort of like all reliant on the technology, and yeah. you have no control. Right. I remember like when this first happened, and I remember I was visiting my mom, and she was watching like Entertainment Tonight, and they had like some huge artist yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. on entertainment tonight doing a live performance right. from their like, <laughs> their basement yeah and i was like this sounds awful like yeah. it was like it just yeah. the technology they had wasn't no. that great it's just whatever they have at home and yeah. i was like i'm i've heard a buddy do it better than than the original <laughs> now like <laughs> Yeah, everyone yeah. was just expected to be an expert yeah. right away. Like you got had, like the Rolling Stones yeah. did a thing, and I was yeah. like, "This doesn't even sound great." No. Like, yeah. What's the name? Charlie, whatever, was like hitting a box. Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember watching that actually, and I was like, I thought it was really cool um, to see well, which artists could pull it off yeah. super stripped Some down did. it's like Some holy did, like yeah. that person can really do it they're like yeah. playing and singing and it sounds great and it exposed a few people that it's like oops without the smoke and mirrors like yeah this is a little rough yeah you know what Charlie Watts was doing? Because I looked into that. Because he was, it looked like he was hitting a box or something, but it sounded like a drum set. Yeah. So I looked up what he was doing on that performance, and he had, apparently, I didn't even know this was a technology, but his drumsticks, uh, it was playing an electronic set that wasn't there. So he was, oh, like, playing. I see. He was, like, hitting drums in the air. Gotcha. So it was triggering. So he okay. wasn't really even hitting anything. So okay. I'm like, it what like is he doing? Box. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it sounded like a set. So I'm like, what is oh, that? Oh, well, my apologies to Charlie Watts. <laughs> <laughs> it's still... I think it fooled a lot of us. Called him out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've offended Charlie Watts, Jack White. Who yeah, else we got? Who 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 else we <laughs> uh, wow. So yeah. So in ways that we've uh, progressed as a career, we learned that you can play uh, drums <laughs> in the air. To nothing. That's it. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was my through COVID. the internet. Yeah. yeah. My COVID purchase was an electronic drum kit. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. So. I was like, well, it's the only way I can still play in my condo. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the sales of all that sort of oh, for sure. indoor stuff. Like, Weight even going back to, like, live streams, all the live stream yeah. stuff was, like, immediately sold out. Like, USB microphones and stuff, all that right. stuff sold yeah. out. Webcams, uh, it was all... You couldn't buy it. You couldn't yeah. find it anywhere. Fender said they've never sold more guitars in their history really than in 2020. Out. Like, yeah. every instrument, oh. every... Yeah, because everyone... I mean, that's great. I mean, if, yeah. if there's a caveat out of this, then yeah. we might have some great bands. <laughs> some guitar <laughs> like, rock coming yeah. back. Yeah. So... 
Have you ever got a noise complaint for playing your electronic drums? No, the only time anyone's ever heard, told me they could hear me play was uh, one of my neighbors was, was dog-sitting my dog. And so I was like, oh, I'll get some practice time in. Or, she, sorry, she has a young daughter, so the daughter wanted to have right, a play right. with the dog. So I left the dog over, and she came to drop it back. And she texted me. She's like, I think you're playing your drums. And she, so she could hear me from right, right outside my right. door, but otherwise, no. Like, yeah. It just sounds like you're hitting rubber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, it does make yeah. a noise. Yeah. But I got, he's got noise complaints. Really? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I played the electronic really? drums with headphones. So, yeah, yeah, you literally only hear that. That's. And you still got a noise complaint? Yeah, can you swear on this? Yeah, yeah. That's baloney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how many, how many podcasts we don't Come on. <laughs> Mom's gonna listen to this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to get so emotional, but yeah. that is gosh darn baloney. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been great. But I also have I have a very well placed unit that I only really have to worry about like one neighbor. And they're like across the hall. So right. yeah. So I've been pretty lucky. I've had like twenty five people in my condo. Not in the last six months. <laughs> pre pre quarantine. Yeah, I love how Christmas. commercials have that now. Last like Christmas. this was filmed before quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard a, like a commercial for Party City the other day. They're advertising their Halloween, and they're yeah. like, "If you're doing trick or treating in the backyard, <laughs> or, like, or having a party virtually, yeah. like <laughs> I think it's Boston Pizza. There's like a packed sports bar, and people like drinking yeah. and having a good time. This was filmed pre quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's man. It, it kind of depresses me to think about virtual Halloween this year, or like. Yeah. And yeah. Halloween's on a Saturday. It's like. Oh. It's like the uh, kids though. What the, about the kids? Irony. I know. Yeah. I heard they're just like gonna parade around in their costumes, and the parents will just buy lots of candy. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That works. Yeah. yeah. Sounds ideal, actually. Yeah. I'd Except I know some parents are gonna buy like carrots and <laughs> <laughs> the apple. You never wanted to yeah. go to the house that was giving out so apples. The kid, the kid who has the apple parent. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's gonna be still a thing to decorate the front of your house? Because I, I people, one people my, go all out. Yeah. Why not? People Why not? still have. Yeah. Yeah. I just moved to a new house and apparently my neighbors go all out. So I'm gonna be embarrassed if I am empty-handed. It's the, yeah. yeah it's something. one of the only things you still can do normally. Yeah. yeah just just decorate. You need a trip to the dollar store, my man. Got a fog machine from our old shows. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so going back real quick to... Do you guys remember what your first exposure to live music was? Oh, like uh, witnessing a show? Yeah. We went to Stompin' Tom at Massey Hall. Okay. Thank, that was the first concert I ever went to. Yeah, but you slept through it, so and I don't know I if fell, you can. I, yeah. I fell asleep and missed the hockey song, okay, so which was pretty had, much the so only now song. Now we Stomp and Tom to the list of, <laughs> of artists we were trashing. That was, yeah. yeah. No, Stomp and Tom's great. He brings out a board and just stomps it's, on it. Does he bring out a box? Yeah, <laughs> no boxes. You got Charlie Watts on the back. There you go. There was an annual Christmas party that still runs to this day every year at the Cameron House that yeah. my parents would, would bring us down to see. And, uh, at what they, age were you starting to go? Oh, I must witness? have been five or six, like That's very, amazing. very young. Yeah. And I remember, like they, I, I remember generally not enjoying the entire experience, <laughs> <laughs> except that they played like uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the Bruce Springsteen version. Right. Yeah. And I'd never heard that one. I'd only kind of heard like nursery yeah. rhyme type. Christmas songs and I always I always loved that one yeah you're just excited because that song Santa comes out yeah and Santa would Santa. come out oh okay yeah. it's like that was pretty sweet it sounds like a good time that was good that was a good time but yeah when you're a kid you don't appreciate those the first things. like a- autonomous concert I bought a ticket to and I went as like a young teenager was Bob Dylan at the okay. Rico 
And it was terrible. I was gonna say really, really bad. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I like I concerts. I hearing about that one actually. It was really I bad. Like, when was that? The, oh, a long time ago. I think ago. it was in high school. Long, yeah, remember, that would make I sense. I remember when that happened, and, and like I think unanimously people. Said it was it really bad. bad, and I was like, oh, I don't think I like concerts. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, it's funny. I always tell my first concert was the first concert I went to um, by choice was Linkin Park. That was great. <laughs> nice. But before that, my parents took me to a Neil Diamond concert. <laughs> and I was bored. Yeah, I was bored. I knew Sweet Caroline, obviously. Yeah. But the two hours leading up to that or whatever. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about this. The, apparently, he used to play Sweet Caroline twice in his sets. Yes, he did. And he did we, it we were so debating... If that's is that cool or not cool to play a song to well, like because, I, I don't think it's cool because that was my well, first experience I always thought artists always played their most popular songs if you have a song that 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 is the one that everyone wants to hear why not play yeah. it twice you gotta hear it sober and then you're drunk right. yeah well, the start of the set and then the end the, the starter yeah. and the closer um, we were gonna do that because like we have a show tomorrow and it's the release day of our single. Just keep playing. It's like a short. Just, 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 it's like a more. short song, so we're gonna do it start and maybe in the middle. Okay, just, <laughs> and, like, just keep medleying back and back. But it's to like it. a, it's like a half hour set, so it's yeah. like just do bits of Freebird in between. <laughs> <laughs> you can never go wrong. No, you gotta do some Van Halen now. Ah, uh, you gotta do yeah. Eddie, can you, can you guys play Eruption? Was it wasn't that part of the offer? He said if you can, as long as you can uh, do a jump kick like the Van guy, Halen. Oh, yeah, the yeah. guy who vouched for us for this show, he put us in touch with the guy. It was kind of a last minute thing, and he said. Uh, as long as you can do an Eddie Van Halen scissor kick, you guys got the gig. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm sorry we're going to have to turn this down. I need more time than two days to limber up for that one. Yeah, I mean, Neil Peart and Eddie Van Halen in the same year. It's not been a good year. No, like the best drummer and probably one of the best guitarists, if not the best hard rock guitarist of all time. Hey, but at least we got a new ACDC single. That's, That's true. New? Did you listen to it? Friday, it's t- I uh, tomorrow, yeah? Uh, no, I it's out. It oh, out. There's, a sing- there's a single out. There's a full record coming oh. as well, I thought. There's yeah. a single out, Shot in the Dark. Was, Was it good? good? Yeah, it's ACDC. Of course it's good. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's ACDC. That was like, that's a band even now. Like, I saw them when I was in university, and they're like 60 already, and I was yeah. like, this still rocks. Yeah, <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. That's Johnny's bucket list. That's bad at one That's band your band biggest bucket list yeah, that you haven't crossed off yet. Even still, it was That's sick. pretty yeah. sick. I always regretted not going to Sarstock. Yeah, Sarstock. They too. stole the show. Me too. That How old seems were like. Oh, we were probably similar age. What year was that? I forget what year that I was. I was in middle school. When you must, You would have been really young. I would have been young. Do you think know. we'll get a kick-ass concert at the end of Corona? That's what I said. I was like, if man, if we got a half a million oh, yeah. concerts for DC SARS, comes that was back the summer. Too. I don't think yeah. they're letting people get gather anymore. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Done. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite of what yeah, how did they cap off SARS, like the infectious disease of <laughs> SARS, with the, the biggest concert they've ever thrown <laughs> yeah. in history? Yeah. Like, that was a bit of a different piece than this one. Somehow. Yeah, it did just disappear. This one's not going away. Just yeah. doesn't know when to know, go I home. Party's they over, already, man. Uh, postponed Coachella. Really? For 2021. The next yeah. one, yeah. Well, yeah. Now, yeah I guess because they would be starting to prep now. But. Yeah. you got to plan all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've, heard, so I've far. heard a few tours of 2021 already going down. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I know. I remember at, like, <laughs> in March, I was like, this better not eat into my summer. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like... Better not eat into my summer next year. Damn, it's uh, true. Bleak. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll, right? Oh, and on that note, uh, I actually kind of lost where we were, but we kind of went all over the place. Um, how about, you know, like, 
the the video for Fool's Paradise and also just having the connection with Camera House and stuff, do you guys feel like Toronto is really part of your identity as a band? I kind of got that impression from seeing mm-hmm. the video of Fool's Paradise. Um, I think maybe not like we don't have to you know, represent Tron. We don't feel like the need okay. to represent Tron or anything like that. But just being in the live music scene, like, again, going back to the Cameron House, there's so many local artists and people that we have gotten to know very closely, and just the the community of artists has really, like... It's so much tighter and, and smaller once you're in it that it, I think that's had a lot of influence on us and just the the other artists that we've met. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think that more so than the city itself but okay. the, the people we've met through like you know through the camera house and through various venues i don't think we have like a great grasp of other cities like we haven't traveled or right. really like spent some time in, in like the new yorks or la's or like the classic scenes of of music but i do think there's something special in toronto i think oh, I it see, is yeah. a really really strong music community i think mm-hmm. we're well tied into it through the cameron house like we we are perhaps more embedded in it than the average person but i i really do think that there's kind of something special about it and and maybe we don't own that as much as we could or should mm-hmm. being canadians or torontonians um but like yeah i am pretty proud of of the toronto music scene and being a part of it and saying that's our home yeah, and just for the f- fact that 90% of our shows have been in Toronto, right, we have right. to be a Toronto band. It's like, yeah. we would love, we have aspirations to go elsewhere and tour, but yeah, Toronto as of right now has been our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty happy to, to call it home and, and like be like, this is our scene and this is what place. we came up yeah. through. Yeah. And like, these are some of our peers and, and these are the people we get to, to see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I do consider Toronto part of the story. Of, of our story for sure yeah yeah I, I agree I mean, being here and, and I've done a bit of journalism work in the museum I have to say Toronto has a pretty pretty wicked scene <laughs> like the the more we do sort of t- tour and, and see other cities um, I think if anything like it's, it gives us more appreciation of for Toronto um, there's a lot of cities that are kind of considered music cities and and I think Toronto stands up and is right up there so with, with any of them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good bands come from all over, but there is a fair amount that come from this city. Yeah. Absolutely. Stack up with them. Yeah. What? <laughs> 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 no, no. <laughs> I guess that's not really saying There's <laughs> a lot of good bands out there. <laughs> from a lot of good places. <laughs> a Just a lot of, of good guys, a lot of good yeah, friends. That's it. <laughs> Except Jack White and Charlie Except Watt fuck and those guys. <laughs> Stop and Tom and... <laughs> But Bob what, Dylan. <laughs> what other icons can we offend yeah, on this? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, guys, so much. That's Thank all I got. you. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. For, uh, awesome. for hanging out and yeah. doing this. And uh, best of luck tomorrow to drive thanks in. Thanks for having us on. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be interested to hear how it, what it's like for you guys. But yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks a lot. Best thanks. of luck with the, the, the EP coming out. Cheers. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so thanks. much. Adamantium.
Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.